greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's just turn to the scripture in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. We are going to read verse 21 until verse 28. Matthew the chapter is 1515 and we'll read from verse 21 until 28. Great in this manner, and I would invite you to join with me. Then Jesus went thence. And departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And he answered her not a wit. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's meat and to cast it to dogs. And she said, The truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. Luke 18, verse 27. Luke 18, verse 27. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. How many believe that? Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Let's bow heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, I would like to thank you this evening. We've read the portion of the scripture. As believers, we believe that this is the source of our strength. This is the spiritual diet that makes our faith grow. 
And that is why we have made our way to the house of the Lord in anticipation that you've got something that you want to speak to us about. And Lord, we are standing in attention. And dear God, whatever needs to be spoken, let it be spoken. But uh, when we leave this place, uh, my expectation, dear God, and together with the believers' expectations, is that we are going to leave this place much better encouraged and much better with a better relationship with you, Father. You have never even failed us even one moment. There may have been times where Satan wanted to convince us that you were failing us, but dear God, that is the lie from the pit of hell. You have never disappointed even one believer, even one time. And dear God, how when Brother Brenham was on trial, he says, the, the devil came to me to tell me that your God doesn't care. He says, he could not tell me that you do not exist because I had a head and encounter with you. And this evening, the devil would never tell us that you don't exist. And Lord, he can never tell us that you don't care. You care for the mere fact that we are in church occupying a pew. The very same power that pulled us out of the world into the church, it means you care. However way we came, it was by grace. And dear God, we commit the reading of the word to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. <clears throat> Amen. Now, Brother Burrero is out of town. Don't be surprised when you don't see him. He's back on Friday. Amen. And we have managed to baptize Sister Marinki and Brother Nalen on, on, on Monday. Amen. Amen. So they have been baptized. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly and welcome on the journey. Welcome on board. Amen. Amen. That's when you start uh, participating in this battle. Normally when you are an unbeliever, you are not in a battle. Uh, you are just in convenience from time to time. It's not a battle. But the moment you take a stance with Jesus, then that is when the battle begins. Amen. Are we together? Now, I want to speak about when grace breaks the protocol. When grace breaks the protocol. Amen. A protocol would be what people will say uh, a set of rules or codes or standards or regulations. That's what a protocol would be. But I want to speak about when grace breaks the protocol. Amen. I believe that uh, as a start, I preach in the gospel God had to break the protocol. Amen. Uh, I don't think any man was qualified to preach the gospel, but God had to break the protocol to qualify the unqualified to preach the gospel. And I believe you do not deserve to be in church. Amen. I will repeat the statement. You do not belong, deserve to be in church. 
God had to break the protocol for you to be qualified to come and speak and even utter the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many this evening are here by grace? All of us, we are here by grace. Grace, it means that we, we were not qualifying, but uh, an unmerited case, favor was extended to us and made us to qualify. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. Now, Brother Brenham, or just to expound on the text that we just read here, this woman, the Canaanite, or what they'll call a Syrophoenician woman, who was a Greek, amen. Brother Brenham, in the message, Perseverance, he says, she also believed this Greek. She said, Lord, First, she said, Thou son of David. That was not the right way to address Messiah when he was here. Are you with me? What was the Messiah when he was here, believers? Son of? Son of? Amen. Do we read the Bible? What was the Messiah when he was on earth? And then what is the Messiah during the seven church ages? You don't have confidence. What was the Messiah during the seven church ages? Son of God. And what, was the, what is the Messiah now? Do we still study the message? What is the Messiah, Messiah now? Son of? Son of God. Son of? He's no longer son of God. He's son of man. Um, these things, we've got to study these things. Uh, are you here? Last week we spoke that what is going to take, what is going to take in the end time for us to stand it's a scripturally trained church. Yes, Amen. You've got to know where we are Amen. and how he comes in your time. Are you with me? Amen. When Jesus was here, he was a son of man. After the resurrection, he became the son of God, yes, which means the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, after the seven church ages, Brother Branham said there is a time allotted, which is an extra time, which we'll call it the bright age. Then he say, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. Are you with me? So there is a, just a, a space in between where he comes back as the Son of Man. Are you with me? And if you want not to forget it, Every time he comes as the son of man, there is a rapture attached to it. When he came the first time as the son of man, that's during the time of Abraham, there was a body change. Uh, Are you with me? Now, when he came, uh, walked to the shores of Galilee as the son of man, we know on the ascension day, he went up with the believers. The cloud, it was the believers. Are you with me? Now, in the end time, right before the rapture, he comes again as the son of man. 
Are you, he is no, he's not a son of God now. We are no longer in Laodicea. You and I have just gone over Laodicea. We call it, this, this is, a, 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 it is a, 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 a dual age. The world is in Laodicea, but the bride is in the bride age. That's why you can be here on earth, but not be affected by Laodicean conditions because you have been migrated from Laodicea into the bride age. And in the bride age, there is no messenger. The messenger is God himself. Are you with me? The message, the message of William Brenham, it was, that's why I say, behold, I knock at the door. He was knocking outside the seven church ages, meaning the people that need to respond, we need to leave the seven church ages and meet him in the bright age. I hope we are together here. Now, after, after the rapture, we go to the wedding supper, and then uh, after the wedding supper, we know, I think I've taken you through, uh, the sequence of events, the world will be purified by fire. It's what we call the Battle of Armageddon. And then we come back to stay here on earth for a millennium, for a period of a thousand years. He becomes the son of David in the millennium. Are uh, we together? So this woman had no right, other than that it was not the dispensation of the son of David. She even had no right as a Gentile to have any relations with the Messiah. Yes, I want to emphasize, the Messiah was not sent to the Gentiles. Yes, the Messiah was sent to the house of Israel. Are, are we together? And what happened, she just heard about the Messiah, and the Messiah was moving around within her vicinity. He was actually in the geography of the Gentiles when this woman got wind of his presence and went to her and said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Are you still with me? A Gentile has no hold on Christ by the son of David. That was through King David, the race of Jews. He never paid any attention to her. When she turned and said, Lord, help me. Amen. That got him. He was her Lord, not a son of David. But he was her Lord. Lord, help me. That caught him. But he turned around and said, It's true the dogs eat the scraps from the scraps from the master's table. That is true. Look what that woman had the right approach to God's gift. What did she say? He said she approached it right. Are we together? Firstly, it was not the dispensation of the Gentiles. Messiah was sent to the Jews, had nothing to do with the, Jew, with the Gentiles. And then now, what made it to be a double jeopardy is that, furthermore, she had no right to claim that she, he was the son of David. So the dispensation was wrong for this woman. The relation was wrong because she had no right to address him, even as Lord, because she was not sent to her. That's why he could turn around. Firstly, he kept quiet. And the woman kept on making noise until the disciples say, you've got to do something because she's making noise. Are we together? Now, after they persuaded him to respond to the woman, he turns around and says, it is not fitting for me to take the children's food and give it to the dogs. 
Imagine you have identified this man as the Messiah. You have addressed him as the son of David. I think that is the greatest accolade that a Gentile could give to the Messiah. Thou son of David. Even the Pharisees, them being Jews, would never address him in that manner. But this woman addressed him in that manner. But he turned around and said, it is not good that I take the children's food and give it to the dogs. Imagine being called a dog. I mean, if we were to call you a dog in this church, you are definitely not coming on Sunday. You can take it up to a point and you'll have right reasons that they called me a dog. And obviously even people in the world can jump on the, jump on the bandwagon and say, how can a church call a person a dog? He was the Messiah, the very one that came to save the world. He turns around and calls the woman a dog. But look, look at what Brother Brown calls perseverance. Still, this woman was not discouraged by the statement. He says, oh, I'm a dog, but a dog has a place in the master's house. And if I cannot partake from the table, I'd rather eat the crumbs that fall off the table. When Jesus looked at that attitude, he said, woman, thy faith, at this hour, whatever you need is granted to you. And her daughter was healed from that hour. What we find out is that grace bypassed the protocol. According to the season, it was not a season for the Gentile. But grace disregarded that. Hallelujah. Grace disregarded even the wrong title that was attributed to him. That's what grace will do. And I guess there are people in the building that understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Now, just to speak about a protocol, virtually in every country, church, family organization, there are certain procedures and rules and in place for us, for others to follow. That means if we are a message, there are certain procedures and rules that we have put in place. Are we together? And if there is a country, even in medical field, they will tell you that before they operate a patient, there is a certain procedure that has got to be adhered to before they can operate a patient on a patient. Are we together? But now, here is my question here. The thief on the cross, he was hanging next to, next to the Messiah. It was the three of them, another thief and the Messiah in between. Right there, the thief looked at the Messiah and said, when you come in your kingdom, remember me. Yeah. Hallelujah. And he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Folks, for him to say that, on a naked, if we were to be, tell the truth, it was unwarranted because the thief was not a believer. The thief had not gone to a church. The thief was not baptized. The thief, there are so many things that were against the thief. Scripturally, you could say, here is a set of boxes that the thief had to take before he could be accepted. But Jesus Christ disregarded them all and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. And maybe you are sitting there, you say, goodness, uh, for you want to get to heaven, there is a certain procedure that they've got to follow. I had a certain man that said, listen, if you committed suicide, you are going to hell. I said, goodness, that is too, 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 uh, too shallow for one to say that statement because it, there, there's a complex. Brother Bram say, 
There are people that are going, you are going to find in heaven that are going to surprise you. I don't say suicide is wrong, is right. It is wrong. But we don't know the moments between the suicide and before the person leaves. We don't know their personal encounter with God in that last few minutes before they go. Are you together? And I know I'm rattling the next year, and rightly so. Because why? I want to tell you, when grace locates a person, it disregards the protocol. And furthermore, this, this messenger that we received in the end time, we would have never received him had he come according to the protocol. Listen to what he says in this message, uh, dedication of the building. He preached this on the 8th of July, 1959. He says, I'm so glad God got a hold of me before the church did with all its doctrine. And I found a resting place. And according to the standard, you've got to find somebody that tells you about church. You've got to find somebody that testifies to you about the Lord. You've got to find somebody that invites you to church. You've got to find somebody that tells you about the baptism and a whole set of things. But your prophecy, I'm led to the church. Before the church could get hold of me, God got hold of me. What means God had to break the protocol in order to get the prophet. And if he broke the protocol through the prophet, when he found you, he broke the protocol. Are you still with me, people? How many believe that God broke the protocol? How many believe that you were not supposed to be a message believer? How many things, how many systems did God bypass for him to get hold of you and say, this one is a message believer? Are you still with me? Uh, I was talking to somebody how they, t- they were talking about how they came into the message. And when I look at the background, there was nothing desirable in the background. And actually, if you were to have asked and say, is this fellow going to make it somewhat or come into the message? You will say, the message was not made for such people. Are we together? Because we think that if somebody is well-reserved and they're quiet, this one is a message material. Nonsense. Those are standard. When God finds a man or finds a woman, he breaks the protocol. Uh, Are you with me? God finds the people that you, when you look at them, you wonder how did this one make it. Let us go into the Bible before I run ahead of myself. You look at the woman called Tama. Oh, goodness. What, 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 a, what a background. Uh, let's give it, let's give it. Tama, Tama, if we go by the laws of God, she does not qualify to even to make it to heaven. What she did and how she maneuvered, it was evil, it was unscriptural. Let's give a background for those that may not be Bible readers. Tamar was married to the son of Judah. Then the first son who was called Eh, he died because of wickedness. Then the second son who was called Onan married Tamar. But before he could, because according to the Levitical laws, if your brother died, you had to marry his wife in order to carry the family name forward. Now, after Onan got married to Tama, what we see, he spilled the seat on the ground. And that somewhat did not, God was not impressed on that. Are we together? And he struck him dead. 
And later there was a third son who was called Selah. Now, Judah, I think in his mind, he must have said, goodness, this woman has got bad luck. Because uh, the first son died, the second son died. Are you definitely going to give her the third one? No. He said, no, you rather go back to your father's house. And when my son Sela, because he's still young, when he has come of age, I will come and get you so that he can be married to her. Now, when the child came of age, Judah never kept his weight. Now, Tama, while she was in her father's house, she remembered that goodness. But Judah has not kept his weight. Then she got a wind that Judah was on his way to a certain destination. And knew that on the way there, I would rather disguise myself as a prostitute. And she stood by the roadside. Hallelujah. And when Judah came there, he found this woman that was veiled. Because he could not recognize that it was Tamar, for she was veiled. Then she takes this woman and they commit an act. We know we were a mixed audience. Now, after she, he committed an error, for some reason he could not pay. Then he had to leave the security. He left his stuff there and said, I'm promising a goat that I'll send a goat when I've got a goat. But while you are waiting for the goat, keep this stuff. Then he leaves. And after a while, then he, Tama got pregnant. Judah heard that Tamar was pregnant and said, no, if she's pregnant, she must be stoned to death. Wait, the people that are too quick to pass a judgment, wait until it reflects on them. David was too quick to say, if a man could do such a thing, he must be erased from Israel. But then the prophet said, the man that we are talking about is not a brother down the road. It is you, king. Then right there, he said, oh, Lord, help me. Have mercy on me. A lot of times when you find somebody being judgmental, that is why you be careful. As you raise children, I've had people that don't have children. They say, I will never assert my child will never behave like that in church. I'll sort them out. Goodness, wait until they grow. They will humble you. Even you brothers that are not married. Me, if I get married, this is what I will do. Wait until you get married then you can be able to talk while you walk the, the talk. Are we together? No, Judah says he's got to be killed, stoned. Then Tamar sent the stuff that Judah had left and said the owner of this stuff is the one that made me pregnant. When Judah saw the stuff, he realized that, no, this is my stuff. And say, no, she must not be killed. She must be kept. Can you imagine how horrible it is? Already you can see there is an incest involved in the whole thing. You can see prostitution is involved. There is many things that are scripturally wrong. But yet, the very woman that you deem to be unscripturally fit, she was inducted into the lineage of Messiah. Jesus Christ, his grandmother was Tamar. What made her to be qualified? The grace, 
disregarded the protocol and made the disqualified to be qualified. And I hope you will see yourself in this, in this picture that at some point in time, you were not qualifying, but God qualified you. Look at Rahab, a prostitute. Hallelujah. But when, when, when the message of the hour that was preached by the messenger called Joshua, when, they, when the message reached the land, the message bypassed the king of Moabite. Are we together? It bypassed everyone and came right on the door of a prostitute. Brother Bram says the people that went there, those two men, he says they were Tay boys. And I don't know what message did they play, but they must have played the message token. And as they were playing the message, the token, Rahab could respond to the voice of Joshua on the tape and say, this gospel, I will believe it. And after she believed the gospel, a promise was made that when we come, you just put this color here. When we see it, we will not destroy the house. And after they left, a prostitute went around and said, if you want to be saved, my brother, you come to my house. If you want to be saved, my sister, you come to my house. I imagine if I was a relative of Rahab, I could have been very skeptical. That we were in your house a night before and told you that your life is very self-destructive. Today you are turning around and say, for us to be saved, we must come to the very house where you are carrying on with your own nonsense. We are not going to come there. Tell me the truth. That's how you would have responded. Because why? In your mind, you would have never comprehended that God can bypass the people that were wealthy and came to a prostitute and for you to believe a gospel from a prostitute. And those that were found in the house were saved. Rahab was inducted into the kingdom and went on to become one of the ancestors of the Messiah. Let us look at Ruth. She was not raised in a message church. She was not baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell me, I know some people, that, especially those that are legalistically inclined, when you preach that, they say, where are you going? Are you encouraged? No. When grace is received, life will prove it. Grace doesn't mean that it gives you license to live in any way and say you're going to be Ruth. If you do it deliberately, God will hold you accountable. But Ruth, not part of Israel, the family had backslidden. The father had taken Ruth and the two boys, uh, Naomi and the two both boys and went to Moab. Tragedy struck, the father died. The first son died. The second one died. Now it was Naomi, a widow, remaining with her daughters that were widows. So it was three widows in the same house. What a tragedy. But I hope that they would be able to relate to one another because they understood what it meant to lose a husband. But in Naomi, there was a, a spiritual nudge that no 
I'm actually at a wrong place because as long as an Israelite was not in Israel, was out of the place, she began to say, I've got to go back. And she brought, she called the daughters and said, I've got to go back uh, because the Lord has dealt with me unkindly, but I've got to return back to the homeland. But you are free to go your own way. Because even if I was to bear children, you would not be able to marry them because you are of age. And they said, no, we will go with you. And they went with her. At some point in time, she wanted to test whether they show it. Says, but you are most free to go back. And right there, is it Opa, turned around and say, goodness, me, I'm going back to my gods. And she moved, but Ruth looked at Naomi and said, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. And if I was to dramatize it this evening, the whole council of churches, it is upper. They are looking at Israel. They are not taking sides with Israel. That's why they have returned back to the Nasir council doctrine where it is three courts. But there is Ruth in the end time that is looking at Naomi. Who is Naomi? The Orthodox church, the Jewish church in Israel. They say your God shall be our God. That's why Brother Brown said you will never give a Jew, a, a Jew the three gods. He believes only in one God. And you can never give the bride the three gods. She only believes in one God. What is happening? The God of the Jews is the God of the bride. That is why we will not go with political sentiments in our time where they turn around and everybody is beginning to condemn the Jews. Let me tell you something. It does not matter how unpopular it sounds. Israel is a God's chosen nation. I'll, I'll repeat that. It does not matter what happens in the land of Israel. It doesn't matter what is the politics in the Middle East. Israel is the Lord's nation. And it doesn't matter what our governments can say. Wherever the bride is, the bride will say, we bless the land of Israel. And this evening I say, we bless the land of Israel. Oh, folks, do you know how popular and popular that statement is? I'm glad you are saying amen, but if they hear, they can bomb this church. But we don't care. We are blessing the land of Israel. Why? Because he that blesses Israel shall be blessed. And he that curses Israel shall be cursed. This evening, we bless Israel. What does it mean? It means we are blessed because we blessed the blessed. Are you with me? I hope you are still with me. Now let me come. Then Ruth was inducted into the kingdom of Israel. Again, God bypassed the protocol. What about Bathsheba? David was supposed to be in the battle. And that is why, brothers, make sure that you are never at the wrong place at the wrong time. When the war was raging, and David was walking around in the balcony, and he had a view, and saw Bathsheba naked, and went and said, that woman, go and get her. That was another man's wife. Got her? We know what happened. They committed the act. 
After he committed the act, then he said, what must we do? He wrote back to the war general and said, release Oria. Let him come back home. This is a setup. This is a man trying to cover up his tracks. And Oria comes back. Instead of going back to his house, the king said, you are most welcome to go and go and relax. Isn't it amazing that somebody can promise you a good thing while the very person wants to trap you and kill you? But Oreya, because he was a man of principles, he said, how can I go to my house while the ark of the, the, of the Lord is out there, while men are fighting in the battle? He did not go home. He went there by the gates and remained with the elders of the city. In the morning, David heard that Oriah did not go home. He even got even more upset and said, okay, let me send him to the battle. He sent him with a letter that was sealed and said, go and give it to the war general. In the letter, the man was saying, just make sure that you put him where the battle is intense. Comes around where the battle is intense. What happens? He gets killed. David goes on to marry Bathsheba. Do you see the background? But yet Bathsheba goes on to become one of the grandmothers of Messiah. God bypassed the protocol again. Are you with me? Let me just read a few quotations here. Brother Bram speaks about the birth of the Messiah. He says in the message why it had to be the shepherds. He says, now, why this great event was revealed to the shepherds? That would be kind of, a, kind of an astounding thing for us. I have some scriptures written here, a few notes that I would like to run over to explain to you why, to the best of my knowledge, maybe then after this, that the Lord, with his grace tonight, will take wise away from us. Most of all us, I suppose at some point in time, we wondered why that this great event of all times was revealed to the shepherds. Why was it revealed to the shepherds, not to the theologians of that day? They were there, they were the one who were trained to hear it. Why did it come and bypass the rich and come to the poor? Also, why did it bypass the learned and wine and come to the humble and the unlearned? Angels coming and giving their message to a man of such low estate, when there were men that were much more earthly thought of qualified than these poor illiterate shepherds. The shepherd was the most illiterate of anybody. He didn't need to know anything but just about his sheep. He didn't need to know mathematics. He didn't need to know how to split an atom. He didn't need to know the scholarship. He just had to know his sheep. That's all that he needed to know. And God, the great wisdom, the fountain of resource of all wisdom, would choose such a person as that. Persons, rather, and bypass all the well-trained scholars that's trained to know that. It speaks one thing, that they were trained in the wrong field, passing up all the important of the land that were important people, great teachers, 
Caiaphas, the high priest, many other great men, and all Israel, mighty learned, all the denominations and all the boasting uh, theologians, God bypassed every one of them. That's God's wisdom. Notice, the highest heavens hastening to honor earth's most humble and unlearned. The highest of heaven came down to make himself known to the lowest of the earth, bypassing all between, bypassing all between to make himself known to common headsmen, coming to give this common headsmen the greatest message of all times. There had been many great messengers. Hallelujah. We would think of in Noah's day and the prophets and the great priests and so forth had been in the days gone by. The great learned men, kings, Protestants, monarchs. But here comes with the greatest of all the messages. What was the message? Messiah is here. And had to make that known. He bypassed all train to make it known to humble shepherds. He said, think of it. All the clergymen, all of the churchmen, all of the teachers, all the theological training, all the money had been spent, all the churches and the doctrines and the denominations were all bypassed. And the learning that had spent on all the missionaries and all the proselyting and all the membership and everything that they had thought they had done, done honor to God, Yet the key message of all of it was bypassed from them. Strange. Brother, let me say, strange. The Messiah had been promised that he, he was coming. But when the announcement came, Caiaphas, the priest, did not know about it. The Pharisees did not know about it. The Sadducees did not know about it. All men, missionaries, did not know about it. It bypassed everyone else. And it came to men of lowly stature. And it was announced to them that the Messiah is now in the land. And uh, in the same breath, in the end time, the Messiah is here in the way form. But uh, how many people were bypassed? I'm saying the Pope was bypassed. I'm saying bishops were bypassed. I'm saying the clergy was bypassed. I'm saying missionaries were bypassed. I'm saying pastors were bypassed. Bible schools were bypassed. Every other important person was bypassed. And the message came in your doorstep and said, the very Messiah that walked on the shores of Galilee 2,000 years ago, today that Messiah has returned in the world form and you must know it. Were you important? Did you go to a Bible school? That is why whenever I see a message believer developing a sense of pride, it makes, it turns my stomach because I know you did not deserve this message. I know that none of us deserved this message. God bypassed the dignitaries in order to come our way. And I'm saying, he bypassed the protocol. Hallelujah. When the message came your way, it bypassed the protocol. I've given an example many a times in this church that the message was loaded on a cargo. And it was loaded on an airplane. But the people that were loading the cargo did not know what the cargo contained. 
and it got into the plane and the pilot took off but he did not know what was in the cargo the, the, the air hostess did not know what that plane was carrying it landed at the airport the airport manager never knew what was in the cargo it went through the customs the custom official did not know what was in the cargo Hallelujah. Maybe it got loaded into some car, but the driver did not know. Until it came, many of us were in the village, until it came our villages. Our king never knew that the message was in the land. The church did not know the message was in the land. Until you in your corner, some of you, you saw the back of the spoken word that had an eagle and you asked the brother, what is that book? Yes. Here's my question. When you ask that question, how many people did that book bypass? I've heard a brother of that picked up the spoken word from a dustbin. And he began to read another one. Actually, it was in the toilet. I'm putting it for what it is. It was in the toilet. He had just, it was torn apart. And while the brother was still busy with his business, he just said, let me just check what is happening. Right there in that moment, something from a torn spoken way hit him. And I'm saying, whoa, why? God bypassed the protocol and say, if I've got to find you in a toilet, I will find you in a toilet. And I'm saying this evening, I'm glad that God found me. Oh, yeah, people. That is why nothing will stop us from worshiping God. Nothing will stop us, will stop us from glorifying His name. Because when I remember where He took me from, Hallelujah. No, 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 no. I'm not returning back. I'm not returning back. Oh, how many are glad that the message found them? Hallelujah. And how many know that it bypassed a lot of people for you to, to for this message to come your way? Folks, I for one I was not worthy to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. I was not born in a family that goes to church. But today, by grace, I'm preaching the message of the hour. What happened? God bypassed the protocol. And here we are today. Isn't it amazing that as we are sitting on Wednesday night, sitting in our chairs, hearing the gospel, and praising God, I say we thank you, God. As we are speaking right now, there's bombs that are being dropped in Israel. There is tension in the Middle East. There is men and women that are going to the wailing hall. Wailing hall. And they are crying, how long, Lord? They are being long waiting to get to the Messiah. They know, they don't even believe in the New Testament. They don't even believe that the Messiah came. They were blinded. But you are sitting there, the very Messiah that was meant for Israel, that Israel rejected, not because of their own doing, but because God blinded them. That same gospel today, it came here in Wilbank, and it is being preached to you. Oh, I will glorify God. I will glorify God. No wonder somebody says the very things that you have, somebody is wishing that they could have. 
the very message that we have, some churches they wish, only if we can find something that can change our church. There is a family somewhere that say only if we can find something that can change the family. And you are sitting with it and taking it for granted. Taking it for granted. This is a big deal. The very same spoken with that found others. You've got them in stack. Folks, I don't know. It was in Madagascar. Madagascar is a very, very poor country. The church had just received only one spoken word. And they were reading. And it was moving from a member to a member. Until if you wanted, some would get the spoken word. And as a family, they would gather together. And they say, you just write from page one to page five. You from page five to five until the family covered. So they will just note so that when they pass the spoken word to the next person, they've got a bunch of notes that they can read as a family. When that a brother went to visit there, because brothers did not know when the pastor received them, he was in his shorts. And the first thing the brothers, they wanted to tell the brothers, say, you in shorts. They did not know. It was only the trousers that he had. It actually, it was a long pants. But because of being torn apart, it ended up becoming a short. Now, if people can come together and circulate a spoken word and write it in order to share, and you, in your smartphone, In your smartphone, until your smartphone says the storage is full, delete some files. The first file that you go is table. The message software. Because you cannot take more selfies because this message tablet is taking too much storage. And you press delete. To him, much is given, much is required. Sometimes we are saying this thing so that you can pinch yourself. Am I really sincere enough about this message that came out? Do I really know who it bypassed to come my way? Then you will realize that it is by grace. And if God can break the protocol to get you you must never respect man-made protocols to make you stay away from God. I remember the other time I was preaching here and I mentioned that we need, brothers need to be serious. If you go to school, brothers must be serious. I said it the other time. Recently, it is in Kenya. You must have seen a clip, a brother sent it to me, where Young girls, they had decided that they were going to cut their hair. And the girl said, not in a million years 
we are message believers. No one is going to cut our hair. And they expelled them from the school and say, we don't want you here if you don't want to cut your hair. Now, as we are speaking, they are not in school. It was all over the news that what is the big deal about the hair that even young girls would want to be expelled from the school because of, of the hair. Then I said to the brothers, I say, this is the right time where we needed brothers with legal background in the message to take a stance and help these girls in the court of law and say, if this is democracy, you've got to respect our right of worship. Are we together? But I'm saying, young girl, if you cut your hair, I see some these days, they love bob cuts in the message. If you really love it and you do a bob cut, these girls at the day of judgment, sisters, hear me out. Even to cut the edges with your, a scissor must never come anywhere close to the head of a woman. Did I make myself clear? Oh, brothers, brother, brother, say if she cuts her hair, you've got a right to divorce her, but remain alone before you get excited. Are, are you with me? I'm threatened. If girls, if somebody can take a stance until the intonation, it breaks on news that these young girls refused to this. How much more about you in your corner when you've got the space to worship God, but you just take these things casually. Those girls will condemn you at the day of judgment. But what happened? They, they disrespected the protocol. Because they realized that when the message came our way, the message disregarded the protocol. Even us will disregard the protocol if the protocol is against the word of God. That's exactly what we must do. Are we together? Then on that way, we will know that we respect the word of God. But in closing, God is not a respecter of a person. God bless you richly as we stand. I think the pastor of those young girls that were on the media, he must be a very proud man. Goodness, if I was to ever have a sister refusing to cut her hair and it goes on national television, you, I will be very excited. I will be the first one to say, that's how we believe it. Always together. Let's not be wish-wash about what we believe as we stand to our feet. In moments like this,
love him, I love him, because he first loved me. Brother Andrew will come and wrap up in prayer for us. Amen. How many love him this evening? this evening. I love him. Jesus Christ. What a privileged people we are tonight to be hearing of such love. Lord Jesus Christ, how you treaded the glory of heaven to take the cross with all the pain and the shame that it had. Lord Jesus Christ, that you could come our way in this manner. Here we are, Lord Jesus Christ.
a wild vine that was cast out yet you brought us in you yes. grafted us in thank you, father. father god almighty we want to thank you tonight how we look at ourselves tonight like tamar like rehab like ruth like bathsheba of old how unworthy how unlovable they were father god almighty with all their history that disqualified them yes. but yet lord god almighty you had a plan with them until we read of them tonight as being ancestors of the Lord God Almighty himself. Here we are now Lord Jesus Christ like the woman of Zarephath like that Samaritan woman you went their way. Lord Jesus Christ tonight we are so thankful that we are partakers of that heavenly kingdom. We are now partaking of the word of the Lord as it was brought by the prophet like the woman of Zarephath how she benefited from the prophet. Lord, here we are tonight, unlovable as we were, and favored as we were, but Lord, tonight, we are benefiting from the word of the prophet that you brought unto us in this day and age. Oh, Lord God Almighty, how we also read in your word, how that this message, Lord, it even bypassed prophets like Daniel, how they would have loved to be in this age, to hear of this message, yet Lord you told them to go their way. And here we are, Lord Jesus Christ. We were undeserving, but Lord tonight, we are partaking of this heavenly bread. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus Christ, that you came our way. You sent a message unto us in this day, in this last age, until we are in a bright age, an age within an age. Lord God Almighty, we're so thankful. We thank you for the word. We thank Thank you for these ministers that you have sent unto us, Ooh. Lord. And we thank you for the revelation that you are giving unto them that we can hear of these in this day. Lord, we want to thank you for the message tonight. And we pray, Almighty God, may you continue, oh Lord, to inspire our pastor, Lord. Amen. That we will continue to partake of these heavenly nuggets. That we will continue to be led in these paths, Lord. We accept the message. We accept your word, Lord. Heavenly Father, may you continue to speak unto us in like manner. Heavenly Father, may you bless your bride tonight. May you bless this place, Lord. And may you bless all the ministers who stand who stand for the truth of the message. Father God Almighty, we're so, so thankful far. tonight. And we pray, may you be with us, Lord, as we depart from this place. May you go with us. May your grace go with us, O oh Lord. And bring us back again that we might hear of some more of your grace. Lord, bypassing all protocols that you could bring us in. We're so thankful tonight, Lord. Go with us, almighty God. Protect us and be with us, Lord. We pray in the name of the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Where could I go but to the Lord? Neighbors are kind here. I love them dearly.
Father, we are God tonight. Back to the Lord. Kill a person, it was an, an eye for an eye, they kill you. Yeah. 
But for you to escape, God had designated places that he called the places of refuge. That means if you come running and the avenger of the blood is running after you, and you run to the place of refuge, the moment you cross over to the place of refuge, the avenger of the blood had no right to come and fetch you there. But you had to remain in the place of refuge. Because if you leave it and they kill it, kill you, your blood was not going to be on God's hands. But when you are in the place of refuge, if the place of refuge is here, and maybe there is a, what do you call it, maybe a line that separates you and the avenger, you can look at the avenger in the eye, he could not touch you. You can actually wave at him. Because why? You are at a place of refuge. The message of the hour tonight, it is the place of refuge. If you run to it, you can remain there and wave at Satan. He will never get you. For him to get you, he must dangle something that attracts you away from the place of refuge. Then he will kill you. Hallelujah. There is a song, the last one, that we go home rejoicing. We are floating down the stream of time. Amen. The lifeboat is soon is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. These are good old songs. So many old timers when they hear this song, it takes you down the memory lane. Amen. Amen. We are floating down the stream of time. We have not long to stay. The stormy clouds of darkness will turn to bright as day. Then let us all take courage this evening, for we are not left alone. The lifeboat soon is coming to gather the jewels home. But I can see the lifeboat is here because we can hear the sound of the lifeboat. Hallelujah. The tickets, have you got your ticket? It is the token, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is your ticket to the lifeboat. Amen. Your seat is reserved if you've got a ticket, which is the Holy Ghost. Come with it, and then thereafter we are going home. How many enjoy these old songs? With a bit of fast beat, Stampin, if you can help us with it. We are floating down the stream of time, we have not long to stay.
Got to have a ticket tonight. Just one more one, then we are going. When the roll is called up yonder, I'm going to say, I will be there. You had much better be there. When the roll is called up yonder. Amen. These songs, you know, there are songs that give you a punch to face Monday, but this, they make you rapture ready. Amen. Amen. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, and when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I promise I will be there. Amen. Amen.
promises of God, if it allows, we're going to say, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. Oh, these are songs that I used to love when I was still a song leader. God bless you richly. Have a great evening. Amen. Let's turn around and say to your neighbor, God bless you. Amen.